Hi, welcome to AfterBuzz TV's Shark Tank After Show. We will be discussing Season 8, Episode 13 already. PDX Pet Design, Basic Outfitters, Victory Coffees, Naturally Perfect Dolls. We'll have an update on Drain Strain. And we have a special guest tonight in with us on Skype from Nutribox, Jeffrey Wu, who you might remember from a few weeks ago. Don't go away. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> all right. I love Sorry. that you are all okay. buzzing. <laughs> we are all buzzing. We are and buzzing because we- we're so excited to be back. We've been gone a few weeks now. Yes. Yes. Thank you for uh, being here with us once again. Because without you, we wouldn't exist. Well, we wouldn't exist right here. <laughs> we would exist in sort of molecular matter. But, no, because the observer always affects that which is observed, and an atom doesn't exist until we look for it to exist through a high-powered microscope. So basically, if you would like to contemplate that tonight, have a, tonight, have a great time. I am Zoe Hewitt. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zoe Said What. That Zoe Said What. And sitting directly to my left is possibly a... Piece of an atom and possibly not. <laughs> Only if observed. <laughs> Only if observed, right. So what you see is what you get. Um, hi, I'm Chris Howard, and you can reach me at Chris Howard Live on both Twitter as well as Instagram, and I am surrounded by lovely women, but the only one who has yet to be introduced is sitting right to my left. <laughs> she works hard, she plays hard, but best of all, she stays up all night putting out good media and content. This is Constance Dunn. Thank you so much, Chris Howard. Yes, Constance Dunn. Join me on Instagram or Twitter at Constance Dunn. Now that those intros are done for who's in studio, like we mentioned, we have Jeffrey Wu, who is joining us via Skype tonight since he's not in LA. And he is from Nutribox, if you remember a few episodes ago. And those are the chewable coffee cubes, the go cubes that are healthier than drinking coffee. Each Mm -hmm. cube contains um, about the same amount of caffeine as half a cup of coffee. So you can take these and chew them on the go. Mm-hmm. So, Jeffrey, what has life been like since your episode aired? Uh, thanks for having me. Um, I mean, it, it was a big spike of attention, but honestly, it's business as usual. Um, <laughs> one good story is that I did have a fan was on a plane, and people sort of spotted me and said, hey, were you the chewable coffee you got? I was like, yes, that is right. Um but honestly, like, you know, being an entrepreneur and building a business, um, you know, obviously that kind of exposure and platform is huge. Uh, but the nitty gritty business is just unglamorous, just, you know, working every day. So r- remind me, how uh, how long has have you been in business with this product? So Nutribox as a whole has been in business for, we started the company in July 2014. Um, so we've been around for two and a half years now, and GoCubes, the chewable coffee product that was featured on Truck Tank, uh, launched in March of 2016. So that product was uh, actually pretty new when we taped. March of 2016, and you just taped, uh, so it was very, very, yeah. very uh, brief period of time. And did you guys talk about biohacking? Mm-hmm. Was That's the correct that's term. The yeah, so... Our overarching theme of Nutribox is bringing the insights and technologies of biohacking to the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's what biohacking is, is really treating the human body as if an engineer were looking mm-hmm. at uh, the human system and, and how we can optimize that. Right. So in, in simple terms, how can we enhance our mental performance, our physical performance using 
uh, ensuring methods. Interesting. And so did, was your experience on Shark Tank what you had pictured? Did it go a little differently than planned? Um, I think that to, to keep in mind, um, you know, we were on set taping for 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. And what was shown on TV was, you know, 10 minutes or less. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think the experience was, I mean, I, th I think when you watch the TV show, it's pretty linear mm -hmm. in how the story is portrayed when it's edited. Mm -hmm. But when you're on set, when you're talking to, you know, five different sharks, the, the thread of conversation is very chaotic. Mm -hmm. It's like managing a group of school children where... <laughs> You know, you guys are very polite and asking one question at a time, but the sharks are just kind of like interrupting each other, interrupting us, interrupting everyone. So, is, is there uh, any kind of biohacking, uh, any kind of biohacking way to solve a problem like that? <laughs> uh, I think it's just running frame on the situation. I think uh, just gotta be able to present and tell the story in a, and control the audience in a lot of ways, right? If the classroom is not necessarily, you know, keen on being patient to listen to. You know every single response then you either get run over or you run over the sharks and i think i mean that's just that's just the deal that's part of the game you know i think that's an interesting point that you made about the sharks speaking over each other because we've spoken with a lot of entrepreneurs over the years but this is you're the first person actually who's mentioned that aspect of it and how also intimidating and confusing it can be about who do you respond to when you have five people shouting questions at you at the same time yeah um I think, I mean, I think part of the game is like everyone's competing for sound bites. If you look at the pitch as one yeah. game, right? Like, you know, we're backed by some of the biggest venture capitalists in Silicon Valley. You know, Andreessen Horowitz has, has backed Facebook, has backed Airbnb. Mm -hmm. um, and we, you know, that's sort of one game to play. And another game to play is the TV game, right? Mm -hmm. Like Shark Tank is a TV show built for mainstream American TV consumption. And I think if I could change anything about that, it's really realizing there's, I think we kind of explicitly all kind of know that there's two different games to be played, mm -hmm. but just like really, really understanding that. That's and fascinating. Yeah, that is. So there's, so you're looking to get, you know, if I can get the investment, get the investor on board, that's one thing. But then at the same time, I'm competing for those sound bites and I've got to prepare for that so that it, the mass consumption of it works my way as well. Right. And I think even the judges or the sharks think the same way too, right? Like, if you really think about, you know, they have to compete to be like the coolest shark right. in a lot of ways, <laughs> right? So I think even on that perspective, you can see that the sharks themselves are trying to like build up their own persona and have mm -hmm. their points be like the salient point. They want to be the smartest sounding person mm -hmm. um, on the panel. Right. So a lot of like just different meta games or or, or over it wasn't an explicit yeah. game of like, hey, entrepreneurs pitching uh, a panel of investors that I thought was interesting that. Um, isn't necessarily obvious when you watch, uh, right. you know, the, the, the TV program on Friday. For sure. And I think also that even sometimes working in the media and even knowing cognitively that reality shows are not real, you still get so caught up in watching them that it's hard to even remember that in the moment. Right. So, yeah, so I think that's just a really great point about how they are all competing for this persona that is part of it. So you had also pitched to a lot of other venture capitalists. So how would you say the experience was similar and how is it different to other presentations that you've done? That's a good question. Um, it's similar in some ways in the sense that, you know, these are accomplished business people, right? I mean, they clearly have a track record of being successful. 
And usually venture capitalists, if you are theoretically a good investor, you probably have some sort of business success. So I think you're talking to people. Um, I think, honestly, though, I think a lot of it was very different in the sense that usually investors are more prepared. I think on Shark Tank, it's pretty cold oh, in the sense that, like, you know, and I think our business is somewhat more complicated than a typical Shark Tank company, mm-hmm. right? Like most Shark Tank companies are single products. They haven't really raised that much money or don't have really significant revenues. You know, we were a multi-million revenue business by the time we had pitched uh, on, on Shark Tank. And I think it, it's a little bit constrained in the sense that you have, um, you know, a short time to like be un- uninterrupted and tell your story. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into sort of chaotic in uh, room where everyone's you know throwing questions at you and in Silicon Valley typically in a VC meeting um, obviously you know you know these venture capitalists aren't like you know total sheep but you know you usually have time to really talk and present the whole thesis and of all the data before you're you know sort of thrown into a bunch of question and answers right it's almost because uh, there's that uh, you know, if they can create, if there's shock value to something that's said, mm-hmm. they, they'll go for the shock value sometimes. Um, and I, I would expect that that just wouldn't happen in a VC meeting. Nobody's trying to up, one up the next guy, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's more of a trying to search for the truth of what's important in the business. I right. think, um, you know, which is kind of funny in, in an investment meeting, people care a lot about the financials, right? Like exactly how many revenues exactly what the margins are, exactly what the growth is. If you look at what was aired on our episode, it was not, none of that was really covered, even though that was that what we, we talked about that in that pitch. And I think um, it's just interesting, like what is interesting and what is not. Yeah, right? they were, they were focusing. Wall Street, it's just like, I don't care about like the story. I don't care about the product. Just give me the numbers. While I think on, 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 on a shark tank is very much like the story, the products, um, yeah. the dramatic side of business. Which is, is also, you know, very important too. Okay. I think it's just interesting how it's very much differently weighted. Being, being, being somebody who's running a company here that's done well, obviously we're already doing multi-millions, uh, was the Shark Tank bump of being on the show, you said there was a spike, was it really relevant for you? Um, it was nice in terms of that specific weekend, mm-hmm. like we aired on Friday, that, that weekend was a big pop. So a mm. typical weekend, we ran the numbers, the weekend, the same month before, we had six times more orders that weekend versus the, the same weekend a month ago. So obviously a huge spike in volume. But that comes um, and goes, yeah. Just new orders, which is awesome. Yeah, that comes and goes. So it's like the sustainable, what you got there for the model. How much, What have you guys done this year in, in revenue? This year um, as in like in eight I days? Mean, <laughs> yeah, so far. No, just over the past year. Give us your numbers and they better be yeah. good. <laughs> See, they just try to shine, outshine me. The two <laughs> Call us Barbara yeah. and Laurie. <laughs> I mean, for, the, for the year of 2016, I mean, we've, we've grown a lot since we first started. Yeah. I, mean, I think every year we've grown 300 to 400% year over year. Wow. Um, yeah. So, I mean, in 2016, we did, uh, you know, multiple uh-huh. single-digit millions. Yeah. Great. Nice. Well, I know we've taken up some of your time. I think Constance has one last question, and then we will yeah. let you go. And I'll hold cubes? up. We've got the chewable yes. cubes here, so we'll hold up the box everyone can see also, awesome. and I'll yeah. pass them on over while Constance asks. Um, speaking of, and because this is a biohacking, um, there's interest in this, and I know growing interest among um, kind of the mainstream. So you're doing pitches. You obviously have gotten venture capitalists on board. You've been on 
Shark Tank. Um, what are some ways that, you know, some pitching tips that you might have or ways that you're able to keep very calm and focused um, when you're on something like Shark Tank or whether you're in front of some very, uh, very big potential investors? Anything that we could take away and share with our audience? I'm sorry, we've got yeah. Chris over here who's rustling into the yeah. product. He's opening it up. The kid with the popcorn. Yeah, Constance is trying to ask a question. And there's Russell Russell. You know, you, if you want to save, you know, you can have some go-cubes. Um, I think the most important thing to keep in mind is to remember that you're the smartest person about your business. Wow. Um, like, you built the business from scratch. You understand your customers. And you shouldn't be shook or scared even if other people's reputations right like mm. if you really think you're the best ceo or the best founder in that space mm -hmm. then no one should be able to blow your mind about your space in 30 or 60 minutes or however long the pitch is mm -hmm. um i think from that confidence stems a lot of the downstream effects right i think um you know some other points or trips are you know keep I think people can only really remember like three good points mm. um, in a conversation. So like really drill down what those th and understand what those three key things are. And if you really are looking to raise from investors, you have to explain why you're going to make them a lot of money, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people are want to be nice or like like the space or like the mission. But at the end of the day, investors are looking at return on capital. So having a very clear answer why you're going to make Every, make them a lot of money is mm -hmm. an important part of that three-point uh, uh, sort of framework thing about presenting. Excellent. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. I, I just got to say, these these cubes are really cool. I like them because um, I'm a coffee drinker. And, you know, eating that's got 50 milligrams of caffeine, um, so it's about half a cup of coffee in a singular cube. Oh. Which is cool because a whole cup of coffee is going to mess with the digestion. Uh, you know, you drink seriously. If you drink too much coffee in the morning, or you know, you get to you spend the day in the toilet or whatever. This oh is my like, god! Well, I'm just there saying, you don't, you don't, you you avoid all of that type of stuff when you just want that caffeine hit. And then I, I take it that it's the vitamin B12 Ooh. and the vitamin B6 that kind of gives the. Because you say it gives you the, the jolt of the caffeine, but the relaxation of a Zen monk, right? Yeah, specifically, and there's L-theanine, which is an amino acid found in green tea. So it's like, sort of like a green tea extract. So that's why, anecdotally, when you drink tea, mm -hmm. you're not as – tea has caffeine in it. And that's why when you drink tea, you're not as jittery as when you drink black coffee. Wow. There's actually clinical research that shows that a specific ratio of L-theanine to caffeine performs better in terms of short-term memory and reaction time compared to caffeine alone. Really? So there's actually good body of clinical data behind the exact formulation behind it. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds real legit. And they gave you, they kind of shook you about that, huh? Mark, I think Mark kind of shook you about that, about the science, or not really. No, I think he didn't give you a hard time. I, I was scared about that. And I no, I don't mean you, but I mean I, did... like they gave us a lot of credit around the science. If you, we didn't, we I think given the team that we do have, we have four MDs slash MD PhDs on the core science team uh, with our sort of we're running actually running our own clinical trials. So. You can actually go to clinicaltrials.gov and track the progress of one of our clinical trials. So I think a lot of that content we talked about but didn't come up in the show. But yeah, I think in terms of like Cuban, I mean, I think you know, I watched a lot of his previous episodes. He's nasty to some of these mm -hmm. entrepreneurs talking about like pseudosciencey stuff. Exactly. And I was prepared yeah. for that. And I think he gave us a lot of credit. Did you, did you watch the episode with the... 
Did you watch the episode with the little Jolter watch that jolts you if you do a behavior you don't want yes. to do? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, I, yeah, I, I saw them apart. Like, yeah. okay. Thank like, you. That's well, like the worst case scenario that we get called like scammers or hucksters uh, on national TV. Right. Yeah. So we were protected against that downside case. Um, so we were quite prepared around that. Um, but yeah, that didn't come up. Um, oh, that's cool. So. Awesome. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Jeffrey, for joining us tonight. Thanks for sending the Go Cubes yeah. and uh, sharing your experience. So have a great rest of your evening. Awesome. Good night. Bye, Good night. Bye, Bye. KW. Well, that was a great experience. Well, always great mm, hearing like from um, one of the entrepreneurs on the show. Mm. And so moving right into the current episode, we have PDX Pet Design, which I know we're eager to talk about. Tara and Jason, 300000 for 15%. Now, they had two products. Mm. They had True, which is sort of a ball with a tail that moves. But then they also had the Licky Brush because oh my everyone God. wants to lick their cats. So... I kind of feel like we just sort of need to skip to the end. They had no deal. I feel like some of that is self-explanatory. But what did you think when they pulled out the brush and started licking their cat? A sign of the times. I've been warning people on this show and elsewhere. It's a sign of the times. I heard if you lick toads, there's like some sort of an effect. They turn into a prince? No. (laughs) You know what, though? I immediately, you know what I thought when they licked the cats with this big tongue? I thought it was, uh, I thought of you. I swear to God, what did you, what did you, you almost let some foul language come out of there. <laughs> I did, I nearly, I nearly was not safe for TV here. Uh, what, what, well, I don't even know where to go with I that. Totally I totally thought of you. never lick my cat. You do weird shit like that all the time. Like, this is a family this. program. <laughs> Chris Howard might not be with us next week. Uh, yeah. Someone's no, going to put a note in your file. Oh, come now. There's going to be a note in your file. It's 10 o'clock at night. I would Kids are never asleep. lick my cat. People are listening anytime. I would never lick my cat. I pet my cat. I sleep with my cat. I hug my cat. I am a crazy cat owner who dresses my cat up for Christmas. Listen to this. This is the type But of- I wouldn't lick my cat. You'd dress them up for Christmas, you but you wouldn't lick them. Tea parties with your cat. No. So even Zoe has limits. Even Zoe has limits. Is his name Tobias? Wait, what? You lost me too. Well, there's a, a basically a test that you could find out. Guys are supposed to ask a girl if they if they suspect that she's like a crazy cat lady. They ask ask the name of the cat, and if it's something like Heather Jane Elizabeth the Fifth, then she's a crazy Elizabeth cat lady. So I was going with Hold like on. Tobias. What's the name of your cat, Zoe? I have two cats. I have Cooper and Sumi. She's fine. Sumi Pass. means angry sure? Right, right. If it was Tobias Davis Jr. the eighth, Cooper and Sumi. Those are just regular cat names. That's like you. Rex. That's like <laughs> not quite, but okay. okay. I have to also say that this shrew, this ball with the tail, I yeah. had something very similar, and it did not cost one hundred and nineteen dollars. What? So, so no. just, it's not one dollar and nineteen, Zoe. I was yeah. thinking of that. For anyone who nineteen dollars. For anyone who's wondering why Constance is teasing me, it's because earlier this season there was a shake and warm your butter thing that I couldn't understand was over a hundred dollars because it boggled my mind that someone would pay that much for a butter warmer. You're explaining it as if there was a realistic reason why you would think that it would be priced at what what did she say? What forty nine one dollar forty nine you drive a hard bargain. What is the realistic reason you would pay fantasy stats was there and fantasy stats gurus knows knows the truth. Fantasy stats who is in the chat with us wants to know, do I brush my cat without a um, your tongue? Without my tongue. Well, he says, do you brush it with? Do you brush your cat without it in your mouth? So I do not brush my cats very often. 
because I guess I'm not a great pet owner, but I could see using that tongue as thing as just a brush, mm-hmm. but so, not in my mouth. Well, here's mouth. the thing. If you haven't seen the episode, you stick yes, this big tongue over your tongue, right. and it's got brush things on it, and you lick your cat so you can take part in the cat licking. Oh my like God. a cat would clean themselves. So your cat okay. prays to be um, killed by an eagle to get away from the demented house of horrors yeah, that he lives like, in. The person's licking me, man. I'm running away from home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure that we have much to add to the discussion of this product other than laughter, at least from this end of the table. Do you guys ridic- have anything I thought it was ridiculous. They had, um, you know, they were asking for three hundred thousand for fifteen percent, and a lot, a few of the panelists, the sharks, said that they're asking too much. It's too early to be asking that much, and that was the reason for the nay. I think that was. I like the fact that they say too early because what they're saying is you have not given us any proof of a concept. You you have not sold anything. You have no sales to back up what you're doing. So that's a that's a good way to put it. It's too early. Although it was interesting, they said that Shrew had sold about two hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars worth. That Licky Rush fifty two thousand dollars worth, and yeah. their projected sales, I believe, for this year were one hundred and eighty thousand. So I mean. Not bad. No. Still too uh, early for the licky but thing. Certainly <laughs> shocking. I'm I'm actually shocked that people spent that much because I had mine didn't have a computer chip in the ball with a tail, but it cost probably like seven ninety nine, not hundred and nineteen plus tax. Are you sure it was seven ninety nine? Seven hundred and ninety nine dollars. Yeah, they charged <laughs> Zoe's card for a little more than she realized. But um no, but the, what, I, what I would say is that the licky thing, there is a, like you look at that, you go, is there a market for that just as a gag gift? As a gag gift. Seriously, because the, the, when they pulled it out, all of the sharks yes. really thought that they were joking. Yes. They got a real honest laugh, and they're like, you're joking, right? Yeah. Come on, you're joking. It would have been funny if it was just a joke. I thought they were just <laughs> trying to get on the show also and thought it was a pure joke until they said their sales, which showed that they were more legit than 50, a pure joke. Mm-hmm. But um, they also hadn't, they said that they had, for the brush, it retails at $25. Yes. But it's only on pre-order right now, so $19 if you pre-order. Right. I don't think I'd spend $19 on a gag gift. I mean, we talked about this. We had, like, Potato Parcel earlier this season. There have been some great gag gifts, and I keep going back to it, so I feel like I need to order a Potato Parcel because I'm kind of in love. I talk about it all the time. But $19 for a tongue brush? No. And it doesn't brush your tongue. It brushes your cat with your tongue. Yes. Thank you for clarifying. You know that hair would get in your mouth. You get all these hairballs like cats. Yeah, like, oh like dust. That's the least of the issues. Yes. I, I just like my mind wants to explode over this because yeah. I just like. I mean, like also my cat sits on my lap. I would have to hold my cat up to my mouth. Otherwise, you're contorted. Yeah. And you know what's going to happen. Which side there. of the cat do you lick? How do you do it? Like I like it came to mind that there might be some stores where these would actually sell like wildfire, but it wouldn't be for cats. You know, so it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah see, exactly. see, see, see. <laughs> You it's thought not it too. Toy. You I didn't think it, it too. until you said it. But Speaking oh. of not having to go to the store, there's basic outfitters. <laughs> oh, the next on. one. So, okay, so no deal. I think yeah. are we all unanimous? We're all out. We're yeah. All yeah. out. No yeah. deal. Do we have a tank takeaway? Maybe don't make your product a joke. <laughs> uh, don't make your product a joke. It was just a little weird. Like I thought they got a little bit weird into it. But no, I think the thing we can say though is we're, we're glad that those the, those two found each other as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I always like when people find each other. Yeah. Terry okay. and Jason, nice but, couple. You, you know right. what a t- takeaway could be? Uh, make the offer lower because if they had, if they had come in and said, uh, you know, $50,000, I think they would have gotten somebody in with them. Yes. Yeah. Pa- well, 
Okay, I don't know about Possibly. they would have messed the leaves. And I think there would have been other excuses, but we don't know. We don't By the way, know. I like this is the latte go cube. I quite like this. Did you? Yeah, oh, I good. like it quite a bit. Yeah, I tried mine and it tasted like coffee. So oh, excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so basic outfitters, we had Laura and Michael. They were asking 125000 for 10%. Mm. This was kind of interesting. I don't know. So basically, you could refill your drawer. It costs them uh, $25.90. It retails for $60. And basically, this is for guys who need to replace things like underwear, or socks, undershirts. But they don't want to go to the store and have to go to, you know, three, four different sections to pick them out. Plus, things are expensive. So you can order and customize for up to 17 basics in a high quality. So, um... What did you guys think? Would you order a basic outfitter's drawer? I retail? thought it was a great, great, great idea. Fabulous idea. And the price, again, the retail is $60. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, there's a little give, give and take depending on what drawer you order. But mm-hmm. um, 500000 this year, I don't know. You know that was the sales? Oh, projected sales. Uh, well, they launched 10 months ago. They had yeah. 351000 in sales Yeah, that was then. impressive for 10 months. Yeah, yeah. yeah they have 250000 of their own money invested. 750000 was raised on a million-dollar valuation with just the concept. Right. But Therein they lies do the have nearly yeah. $400,000 worth of inventory. Yeah, exactly. Right and they were looking mm-hmm. for 10%, you know, 125000 125000 for 10%. Yeah. So people weren't coming in with crazy asks tonight. You know, like, I'm well, looking for $2 million and I'm going to give you 2%. Right. You know, where they just start yeah. cracking up. Right. But, but th- this one this one had some craziness to it that you yeah. knew the moment they said yes. that we have 20%. 25%. Yeah, the people pitching only had 25% equity in the company. Yes. They only And they just that. started. Right. And have you noticed that's been a consistent problem this season that I feel like I don't have remember it? from the past that we've seen so many times where the entrepreneurs have given away so much of their equity. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I remember one or two that were like that. It just this feels one's like a lot ridiculous. To me. Right. So that means that they only owe 25% of their company. So mm-hmm. they've given the rest away um, right. 75%. They of sold it. 75% before they started, which means they have nothing to negotiate with. They have nothing to make a deal with. They have. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, that was like, the moment you heard that, it was... It was sad. And you know what's weird? Mm -hmm. Um, At the end, you know... Lori did offer a deal. Um, she did offer one twenty hundred twenty five thousand for twenty percent instead of the ten percent taken from the investors who they don't have the right to negotiate right. for. But they were saying, "Well, yes, we kind of do." No, they don't. If they did, they would. They'd be able to say, "We're right. coming in here on part of our uh, the part of our investors. Right. We've been authorized to give X amount of equity." Right. They didn't have exactly. the yeah. That, that was BS. But uh, you know, th- that the one thing I'll say about Kevin is. You know, this I, he really shined here because thank God for him, he's the one who thought of that deal mm-hmm. when nobody else on the mm-hmm. panel would, and right. they couldn't close the deal right there. But at least he said, you know what, I'll 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 take it. I'll take twenty five percent, but mm-hmm. it's got to come out of your your partners right. that you raised from, right? Right. Because that's the it, only place they could go. You're right. And then it was Lori who said basically that she would match the deal, yeah. and she yeah. did agree to go to twenty. Um, they had countered, though, at 15, so mm-hmm. they, they seemed to think that they would have some flexibility with their investors, presumably because of the Shark Tank bump, but exactly, yeah, I don't think they were going to get that far. I think they were They hoping- might, they might, but might... I mean, who the hell is going to invest in a mic? It got messy. It got messy for Lori. And that's the thing that we're looking at. We just were, of course, talking to Mr. Mm -hmm. Wu from Nutribox, who talks about, you know, how this is edited for television. We have to understand we are watching a television show. But it was um, very sad. And even Lori Because you can see how invested they were in personally. And it's a great concept. And they have a great... um, Did you see their cost is really low? And they said... um, It was amazing. The cost of of goods sold. And and they looked quality products as well. There was a softness. You say it was sad. The sad part? Right. Was that they didn't get it at the end. They walked out of there. Were you going to say that? 
Well, right. Well, right. It was sad, and because they didn't own that much of the company. But Lori goes, "This kind of makes me sick." And this is so weird. I felt kind of sick too, which is yeah. weird. But it, I wasn't sick for the investors. Mm-hmm. I was sick for the people oh, that was... invested. I was sick for the people because they walked yeah, off. Here. No, uh-huh. the two, but they yeah, walked off, and, and they still didn't get it. Oh, they said, okay. "We're proud that we gave the seventy-five percent oh, away." Okay, and that's the worst yeah. thing that they okay. can walk away from that experience thinking. Yeah, these no, sharks were like saying, "Wake up! You can't do business that way," and they walked off saying. We're proud that we're doing business yeah. this way. That's the sad part. It was sad. Yeah. And That's this is the, the whole thing with that, yeah. quite frankly. Is this get yeah, giving away too yeah. much of the store. And this is something we've seen a yeah. little and it's like such a cautionary tale. We know we have yeah. entrepreneurs that watch us, and if there's one thing that we could all stress <laughs> over and over again is just not doing that. Yeah. So I think that's our tank takeaway. So Constance, would you be in or out? Gosh, not with with only this little amount of equity in the in the founding yeah. partners so no yeah. but, I, but I love the concept and I think it's a great concept you know yeah, I, I would be not only would I be out I would give a piece of advice and that is that they shouldn't be pitching anybody let alone on Shark Tank unless they were able to know in advance and I guess that's the takeaway that's the thing to learn is know in advance from your investors that I get to take from your pool 25% yes. and that's what I'm pitching Right. Um, that would be my because we're bringing right? Maury in, who's going right. to you know advance. Yeah, if you're going to do something with money, it, so. absolutely. I agree that um, I would be out. I think for a few different reasons, just. Didn't love it, but definitely the equity was a huge issue. So moving on, we've got Victory Coffee. We had Cade and Betty B, 250000 mm. for 20%. Um, the really cool thing here, I think, is that Cade is a former Navy SEAL and yes. sniper. And I don't know if you guys noticed the big dramatic music underneath of um, his pitch. Like, they clearly were playing that up. It was really great. <laughs> but, but basically what this is is coffee that he is sourcing from someone. So he does not have a new way to make coffee or a new way to grow coffee beans. That These are sourced coffee beans. And his concept is that they are being sold by veterans. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did not wind up with a deal. However, um, he made about 30000 in eight months. He's with the, He said, yeah. So with essentially no marketing, he made the 30000 Right. In and this was a great example, I thought, of an epic mm-hmm. pitch. Even though he didn't get a deal, and I think he might be better for it in the end, but this was an epic pitch. It was very intense at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He had it crafted very well, and he didn't come out and talk in a very personal way. He talked about the mission. He talked about things that were very compelling. Mm-hmm. He was a little funny at times, but a really, really compelling pitch. And I could see, you know, they cut away obviously to the uh, different sharks, and you mm-hmm. could see how that they were very, very interested. He didn't, um, you know, we talk about coming in with the story a lot, mm-hmm. right? right? He did a story that wasn't like, hi, this is me and me and my mm-hmm. feelings and I think. it's right. It was very compelling kind of a um, pitch that, that really could so draw So you like the story, you like the human element... But it wasn't so much like poor me, poor me. Because I think, strong. right, right. It was very strong, and it all, everything that he talked about all went back to the basic idea of his product. It but all, the underlying problem with his pitch right. was that he did not. There was no business to it. Right. He was he was saying, "Hey, we're you know the country is going to get behind this because mm-hmm. you know the country is going to." But that's there was no business. There was no distribution. Mm-hmm. There was no there was no real sales at all to really right. speak about. Other than, you know, a little private home business that somebody's running that's not going to really right. build up to anything. Right. So there was no major sales. There was no marketing. There was no plan for sales mm-hmm. um, that was a legit plan where you go, boy, that's going to work. So th- it was missing the nuts and bolts of what makes a real pitch uh, work. The branding was good. And that's why all the sharks said, you have a marketing company. 
you're you're marketing this brand right. that you have a victory. Mm-hmm. We want people you want people to stand up for the country and get behind it. Okay, but where's your sales? Where's your distribution? Where's the marketing? How's right. it work? Well, in that case, would you think that his um, staying the course, kind of he has um, $30,000 in sales in eight months, and it's direct-to-consumer, no advertising. Do you think kind of just staying the course, being a one-man band, keeping it simple and making a nice living? No, I think he really needs a real marketing plan and a real sales and distribution Mm -hmm. plan. It's like, what are you going to do? If you're going to distribute online then you need, there's, there's things that go with that. You've got creative, compelling copy that then mm-hmm. leads into, it's just like, what is it? And then you monetize it, you check it, you, you measure it, and you go, okay, we know that when we spend a dollar in advertising mm-hmm. that that equates to X amount of sales, and then you build up your track record, and you go, look at this, shit, right. if we just throw... Ten thousand more dollars at that, we're going to be rich. Okay, you know, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like I just that was missing from the pitch for me. I agree. I think that they needed a more. He needed more of a plan. So am I correct that we're all unanimous? Pretty much, we'd be out for various reasons. But I'd be in. Oh, okay. You're yeah, in? we've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got one I, in each I, I love. There's a, a competitor is Bulletproof Coffee. It's better and owned and operated. I love Very Bulletproof. dear to my heart, and I love investing. You love Bulletproof. And supporting. Coffee, bulletproof coffee. Yeah, yeah. it's um. Except this, this is about Victory Coffee. Right, it's about <laughs> Victory Coffee. Victory Coffee, which I'm going to go check out actually because I, I love to do anything that helps and supports people that you know have uh, protected me. So you So, you're so in? I think you'll have so, to then come back tell us how that is. But she teaches branding. Have, she loved the brand. And so I love right. the brand. So, so I'm signing on to what they're saying. I'm like voting. I'm uh-huh. saying, you know what I mean? It's the so, idea of the brand. So right. we'll find out about the brand later. And let's yes. hear about how the brand maybe went for naturally perfect dolls. We had Jason and Angelica yes. asking Ooh. for 200000 in exchange for 20%. And what they had basically realized was that their girls, they had young girls, were coming home and saying, they had a daughter say she would never be beautiful because she doesn't look like any of the dolls in the store, basically the blonde-haired, blue-eyed dolls. And so they wanted to preach self-acceptance and diversity Mm -hmm. and that you can be anything. So they created a line of dolls that were actually pulled from like their own features and their own children's features to make a diverse line of dolls. And uh, the dolls retail for $85. It cost Mm -hmm. them $35. They said it was a small run, so basically that's why the cost is high. Um, So what did you guys think? I'm going to jump in then because I loved these (laughs) dolls. I'm going to jump in then. What did you think? I'm going to jump in then. (laughs) Weren't they beautiful? They were beautiful Uh, dolls and I love dolls. I'm such a girly girl. I love that. I thought they were fantastic. I love them too. I thought they were beautiful, beautiful dolls. You know the little faces, she just says, they're not the perfect face. They're beautiful faces. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. The one that they modeled after her and her daughter, yeah, it was a Angelica. beautiful face. Angelica, yeah. Yeah. And it yeah. sold out very quickly. Yeah. You know, it's direct to consumers, so that's how they've been. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I think that, and I was with the Sharks and thinking that, yes, do direct to consumer. Try, try to fight to get on the, the store shelves is a totally different battle. Mm-hmm. You're doing, you're doing right. well there. Keep it there. Mm-hmm. Master that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's always the chance of going retail afterwards. But, I mean, yeah. Online marketing is is a you know a quick way to the, the to right. bolstering the bank account. And certainly, they had said that they had heard from large box stores there was interest, but they needed to get their price down to thirty five to forty dollars. Yeah, which I actually found Makes interesting sense. because thirty five to forty dollars is not a high end doll. That's kind of an average doll price. Right. So I was surprised that the stores would say they needed to actually be that low. Well, I, but I mean, is it going to be a high end uh, market that's going to buy them? You know, who is it that's going to buy And maybe it will be. I don't know. I guess I'm just thinking of, like, American Girl, I feel like, excuse me, those dolls are sort of, like, the standard now. Like, when I was little, it was the Cabbage Patch dolls that were, like, Uh the really expensive high-end dolls. So now it's American Girl dolls, which I think range for well over $100. Uh But then, like, the knockoff ones are still in, like, the $50 to $60 range. So at $85, they are high, but they're Mm -hmm. not... 
when I heard the price eighty five, I was like, son of a god, eighty five for a doll? Yeah, it's a lot. But to knock down to thirty five to me seemed low. I felt like then they could be in like a sixty dollar range and still be in line with. Right. Well, for some reason though, it seemed to be the retail outlets that were telling them that they had to get it down to that. So they must. They must know what they're talking about. Yeah. I'm just. I'm saying I am surprised that they wouldn't be okay with a slightly higher. Right. I hear you. That's all. Um, I thought the dolls were beautiful. They were neat. I loved the yeah. concept. I liked that they were different sizes, yeah. different heights, yeah. different. And that's like that's really really yeah. cool. You know, if they could build in some sort of uh, gamification concept around it, where mm-hmm. you know, like with the kids with the little video games and stuff, you have to buy all the pieces and yeah. get all the things. If you could have to mm-hmm. uh, have some sort of an engagement uh, concept where you wanted to get more mm-hmm. than just one of the dolls, you wanted to get multiple right. dolls to be cool. You know, I yeah. think that would be neat. I think yeah. so too. I thought they were fantastic. So uh, Damon, well, it was interesting the offers they got. So Robert was out; he thought it would be an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lori also out; she was concerned because Mattel just came out with yes. a big com- competition there with diverse dolls. Uh, Kevin said that he was one of Mattel's largest shareholders, which I thought was very interesting. So he said he's sort of been there, done that. He's out. Mark said that he thought they should get on Project mm-hmm. Green, which actually I wasn't familiar with. Um, that he thought that the dolls, uh, getting them in stores was too hard and that their concept was a little bit too scattered. So Damon, Damon says he has three daughters and he yes. struggles because he was concerned with their retail goal. And basically they had said that one of their big goals is to be in stores because they want girls like their daughters to be able to walk down those store aisles and uh-huh. see girls or dolls that look like them. As he said, he didn't love their retail goal, but mm-hmm. he would bend. He would do it the 200000 but for 33 and a third. He wanted to make them all equal partners. They countered at 25%. And he asked, I really liked it, like, mm-hmm. why don't you want me as a partner? Uh-huh. And so they did counter again. They said that they just really think that they could grow the company. So it was an interesting offer that they wound up agreeing to. They did make a deal with Damon. So 30% for each of them. And then they took that last 10% and said that they would donate it to charity. So in the end, they are all three equal partners with 10% of the dollars. I thought it was neat that Damon uh, took the time to go through the Mm -hmm. negotiation. He really wanted to question what was behind their ask. Mm -hmm. Because if they were just kind of nickeling and diming him Mm -hmm. for a percentage here rather Mm -hmm. than saying, hey, we're lucky to have you, that would kind of piss him off, I think. But the fact that they were... Uh, they were mission-driven and purpose-driven is why he made the offer of giving 10% to charity. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of a beautiful offer to uh, match the beauty of what was happening there. Because that's, this you know, the, they want to make revenue, but it's really more about the vision of getting these dolls out to, to these girls and, uh, and little boys like me. Right. Yeah. And Jason, Jason <laughs> yeah. uh, Sweeney, it was a very important point that he talked about um, wanting to make money and the business mm-hmm. to do well. And because I think there was a little bit of a concern because they were talking so much, particularly Angelica was talking mm-hmm. so much about, you know, this vision and all of that. And I think it got the investors a little, is this about making money or is this about your mm-hmm. message? And it was when um, I noticed Jason uh, mentioned mm-hmm. that, that, that really uh, Damon talked, well, okay, you're he really... He explained it well. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I think that was really... Uh, a key point, yes, yeah. because it's always... But the they were both. Mission and money yeah. have to be aligned in right, a way where right, you get right. that they both come together. And 10% is actually a really large amount to donate to mm-hmm. charity. I mean, there are lots of companies that donate, like Target, I think, does, Amazon does. Yeah. So 10% is 
a large amount. So a I was kind of, of surprised by that. That is I was a big too. percentage. And I also thought, yeah. and I, I don't know, I almost hate to say it, I think they got lucky that Damon was on the panel because, mm-hmm. let's face it, he had a vested interest. Like he said, mm-hmm. he has three girls who are in that position. He said they're biracial. They want those dolls. And I'm mm-hmm. wondering if Damon hadn't been there, if they would have wound up with a doll. Because I was actually really surprised the others bowed out. I thought right. there would be a deal. Right. I think it's like just what they talked about. It's a t- it's just a tough business, mm-hmm. and then Mattel right. coming in, and, and and a lot of bigger companies trying this. Mm-hmm. As well. I, you know yeah. what? I probably I would have been in on this one. So uh-huh. yeah, I think it was because what they really needed was the money. They had already done the legwork. They had already checked mm-hmm. out that they could get it, the same doll reproduced for ten dollars, right. eleven dollars, which is right. utterly ridiculous. Right mm-hmm. now, it's retailing for eighty five. Right. I mean, it, imagine if you could keep the price at eighty five when you got it down to ten. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's yeah, so, um, yeah. so definitely. Oh, and I just have a little correction. I was talking about a veteran-owned coffee company, and I mentioned Bulletproof. That was a mistake. I meant Black Rifle Coffee. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you cleared that up for anyone who was going and looking. (laughs) Right. 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 So before you said hate mail, Black Rifle. Black Rifle Coffee. So we might be all, I don't know, are we all unanimous on this one? Are you guys in or out? I'm in. Out. Oh, we're not unanimous. I'm totally in. I love these yeah, dolls, and I want one. Too. <laughs> it's like, I totally want one. We'll have to reach out to Jason and Angelica. Maybe they can Skype in with us oh, and cool. tell us about their yeah. experience. Dolls. So we'll see about yeah. that. So they did get a deal. So we do have a quick update. Drain Strain from season six. They had mm-hmm. they had done a deal. Um, Hundred and ten thousand for ten yes. percent. It was just a prototype when they were on Shark Tank, and now and this is the kind of the coolest product, you guys. And I really want one. So. It's basically a little, essentially it's a cup that you put in your drain to catch things like your hair so that it doesn't stop up your drain. And every so often you can just pull it out, clean it out and put it right back. I loved it. I'm totally on board. They're in Lowe's and Home Depot now. They've made 500000 in three months. Three months. Oh my God. Three it's months. Amazing. They're in 12,000 Home Depot stores and yes. they're going to be 1,200. 1,200 and in 500 <laughs> lows. Yeah. $12 million. And I, <laughs> Zoe and I were uh, actually, we saw that on screen. Um, it was funny. We both were just like eyeing it and we thought the same thing. I have to have that. I want to go I, get I, that. I, I want do it. Too. I don't even have a problem. I mean, my hair is a problem, but my hair is yeah. a problem. I'm always I, stopping up the drains. Same here. Always. Yeah. And you know what? I didn't write it down, but let's give a shout out to the shark. Who is the shark who did their deal with them? And I'm even drawing a blank. Robert. Robert. Oh, Robert. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So let's give Robert his due shout out there. Yeah. So Michaud this was the, is was the entrepreneur. Yeah. Great story. Yes. So this has been great. It's so nice to be back, and we've got another great episode coming up next week. Constance, where can everyone find you? Yeah, Constance Dunn at Instagram and Twitter. All right. Chris Howard, reach out at Chris Howard Live on Twitter as well as Instagram. And I'm Zoe Hewitt. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zoe Said What. That's Zoe Said What. You can also find me on YouTube at Zoe Hewitt Hosting, where I do a weekly movie analysis show. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's Shark Tank After Show. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye-bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 